right, this morning we're going to begin our new sermon series, and we're going to talk about trusting God, learning to trust God. Trust is critical to any good relationship. I really don't understand how anybody can have much of a relationship if trust is not a part of that. And I think that is true in our relationship with God a lot of times. Our relationship with God is not going to be that great. It's not going to be that fulfilling. It's not going to be that joyous. It's not going to be that important. It's not going to be that priority if we don't trust God. So think about that. Think for a moment about your relationship with God. What is it like now? And if it is a struggle, if it's not what you want it to be, if it is something that you just feel like uh, escapes you, no matter how hard you want it or how hard you try, it's very likely that you simply don't trust God. And the reason that we need to learn to trust is because sometimes we're not very good at trusting. I suspect that pretty much everybody here, if I just took the time and we interviewed every single individual in this building, that everybody here somewhere along the line, somewhere down the road, has been hurt. You've been hurt. And you've been hurt by people. You know, it doesn't hurt quite so badly if it comes from someone that we don't know. It hurts a lot worse when it comes from someone that we're close to. There is a relationship between knowing and trusting. What does it mean to trust someone? Well, it means that you have confidence in that person. You believe in that person or you believe things about that person. A trustworthy person or a person that you would trust would be someone who's honest. Somebody who says what they mean and they mean what they say. A person that is trustworthy would be someone who is consistent in what they say and what they do. You know what you're going to get. They're reliable, they're responsible, they're accountable, they're resourceful. It means living up to commitments, being considerate about what we take on, and then following through. Look, if someone is constantly telling you, oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that for you, and then they don't do it, you don't trust them. And the next time they say, yeah, I'll take care of that, it doesn't mean anything because you don't trust that person. Examples of someone that you would trust might be someone that you would trust with a secret. If I don't trust you, I'm certainly not going to reveal a problem that I'm struggling with with you. A person that you trust might be someone that you would uh, have babysit your kids. Would anybody here put their 
children in the care of someone that they didn't trust? Well, no. We wouldn't do such a thing. We have to trust that individual. It might be someone that you would trust with your money. I trusted someone with money one time, and I lived to regret it. (laughs) Don't know that I would do that one again. You know, when you have something important that you need done and you need help, you need to have it done, then you want to find somebody that you trust. If you don't trust them, then you're not going to depend on them. You're not going to put themselves and you in the situation. And so those are just a few examples. We trust people because of what we know about those people. Knowledge can be experiential. In other words, you get to know someone through experiencing life with them. Knowledge can also be based on information that you've learned and believed about someone. And it's our knowledge of the person that creates trust or distrust. When... uh, When one of the main tendons snapped in my right ankle, I could not walk anymore. I knew that I needed help. I knew what was wrong. There wasn't anything that I could do about it. I needed someone to help me. So I started doing some research. Orthopedic surgeons who specialize in ankles. Ankle is a tricky thing. There are lots of moving parts in an ankle. And people told me, the more I learned, is that when you have ankle surgery, the kind of surgery that I needed to have, they pretty much everybody said your ankle will never be the same. So I did a lot of research, and I found one of these doctors who you know, had like five stars and everything, and all the reviews were great. And I learned about this guy that uh, he was such a specialist in what I needed that there were lots of people who would get ankle surgery and, and it would be kind of messed up. And then they would go to him to have another surgery to fix the mistakes of the other surgeons. And so everything that I read, everything I learned about this guy, I thought that's the guy that I want operating on my ankle. I trusted. Did I know him? No, I, I, don't, I didn't know the guy at all. Didn't know him at all. I just trusted the research. I trusted the information. And then, when I started going to him, I really began to trust him because of the way he treated me, because of the way he treated my case, because of the the way that he was very deliberate and very careful and very slow and trying all other kinds of measures to see if that would work before he did this major surgery. And so there are many things involved that caused me gradually to give the okay. All right, you can slice up my foot. You can put a cadaver's tendon in my ankle. In fact, I've had four 
he did four procedures on this one, and five years later, he did five procedures on the other one. It's not fun. But he did a good job. I'm standing here, right? So we trust sometimes out of information. Over five years and going to see him a lot of times, I have gotten to know him. One of the neatest things is I got to know that he became a Christian during those five years. When he operated on me the first time, he was not a Christian. When he operated me on five years later on the other foot, he was a Christian. If we trust in a person, it reflects a positive expectation about that person's behavior. If I trust in someone, I have a reasonable expectation of their character, maybe their work ethic, maybe their honesty, any number of things I trust in them, and then I can act. Then I can get into a living kind of relationship. In other words, okay, I got to the point I trusted my surgeon. Okay, you can operate. That's when it gets personal. Trust is living by the truth we believe. And that's what I did. I lived, I acted upon the truth that I believed about that surgeon. We do this a lot in life, you know. Think about that statement. Trust is living by the truth we believe and experience about the person. Doesn't that usually come into play when you get married? Yeah? You know, when you get married to someone, there's a lot of trust there. You're basically committing, I'm going to live the rest of my life with you. So I'm trusting you that you love me. I'm trusting you that you're going to be good to me. I'm trusting you that you're going to be kind to me. I'm trusting you that you're going to be patient with me. I'm trusting you that, and I can go on and on, right? Isn't that what it's about? We're trusting a person, and in many cases, we're trusting a person that, honestly, we don't know all that well. And then what happens, people get married, and then they find, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know he was going to act like that. I didn't know she was this way. And so a lot of things like that cause us to have trust issues, right? We get in some kind of a relationship. Maybe somebody to roof your house. And then they take their, take, you know, okay, they need half the money now and half when, when they finish. And so you give them half the money and then you never see them again. You're going to the, recommend them to roof somebody, your neighbor's house? Well, I guess it depends on how you feel about your neighbor. But anyway, no, I don't trust that guy. He ripped me off. That happens in any kind of relationship. 
If I couldn't walk right now, I would not be recommending my orthopedic surgeon to anybody. If he really messed me up worse than, than, than I was, then no, I'm not going to recommend that guy. I'm not going to go back to that guy. I don't trust him. That's why a lot of people want out of their marriage. They don't trust that person anymore. Trusting people is important to happiness. It's important to a good relationship. So what about God? How do I learn to trust God? You learn to trust God in the same way you learn to trust any other person. You have to know him. You must know some things about God in order to trust him. And God knows that. And that's why God revealed himself to us. He revealed himself to man in many ways. He revealed himself to man through creation. He created everything. And the created order, just the creation, if you spend some time in the first couple of chapters in the book of Genesis, here's some things that you will learn about God. He's a trinity. He's eternally uncreated and uncaused. He is living. He's independent. He is transcendent which means he is, in some sense, above everything. And yet, at the same time, he's imminent. He's in everything. Isn't that interesting? Chew on that one for a while. He is above everything, but he's in everything. He is not the man upstairs I get so tired of hearing people say that. It's almost blasphemous. He is not the man upstairs. He is not a man. He is God, almighty God. And he says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. We need to understand who God is. He is personal. He's powerful. He's beautiful. He's holy. He's gracious. He's sovereign. And we must hold the right beliefs about God. We must understand the truth about who God is and what he is like. God, the Bible says, is love. God, the Bible says, is truth. And so next week, Josh is going to be teaching on Trusting the Word of God. We can trust in what God says. You've lived long enough to know you can't trust everything you hear. You can't trust everybody. Just because somebody says something doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth. I want to tell you something about God. When God says something, that is the truth. That's the way it is. You can trust His promises. You can trust His purposes. You can trust his character. And that's how we know we can trust God. God's not going to rip you off. God's not going to let you down. He's not going to turn his back on you. You can trust God. God has also revealed himself to us through Jesus, through the person of Jesus, his only begotten son, and through the work, the redemptive work that Tony spoke about 
during communion, his work on the cross, and his resurrection, and through Jesus, we are able to understand God more fully. If you want to know God, know Jesus. Jesus told some of his followers, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He is the image of God. He is the, radiates the Father's glory, Hebrews 1 verse 3 says. And so get to know Jesus as much as you possibly can. Spend time in the Gospels. Read books about Jesus. Talk to your brothers and sisters in Christ about Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. The Christian faith depends on trusting in God's love expressed through the gift of his son, Jesus. It rests on Jesus. That is our orthodoxy that we all must believe. Last week, I mentioned a lot of things about accepting one another in our diversity of beliefs. Well, there are some things that we don't give on, we don't fudge on. There are places we draw the line in the dirt. And that's Jesus. Who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. We believe in and we trust God because of Jesus. We believe in the Bible. Josh is going to talk about that next week, as I've said. We believe, we trust in God because of our experiences with God. Just like the illustration of my surgeon. The more I experienced him, the more I began to know him. And the better that I got to know him, the more that I trusted him. Okay? The more you get to know God, the better you get to know the truth about who he is. The more you experience life with God, the more you will learn to trust him. Why do we trust God? We trust God because of who he is. We trust God because of what he says. We trust God because he is sovereign. He is ruler over all. He holds our eternal destiny in his hands. We trust him because he is the life source. We trust him because of his great love for us. We trust him because we need him and he is the only one who can save us. We trust him because he gives us a purpose, a reason to live. He, he directs our paths. He shows us the way. Our lives are better with him. And so we trust him. He is always there for us, so we trust him. He answers our prayers. We trust him. He provides all spiritual blessings in Christ. And he has an eternal inheritance waiting for us. We trust in his word. And so when he promises this incredible, amazing inheritance in glory, we believe what he says. We trust him. Listen to Psalm 9 verse 10. 
Those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. According to this verse, why do you trust God? Because you have learned because of the promise he's not going to leave you. You can trust that. You, you may turn your back on God, but God is not going to turn his back on you. Oh, my God, in you I trust. I trust in you, O oh Lord. I say you are my God. He trusts in him because he is God. Remember, the one who's not like us. All the people that we have trust issues with, all the experiences that we have had that have caused us not to trust people, and the reason it's so hard for us to trust, those reasons all go out the window with God because God's not like sinful people. He is holy. He is pure. He is righteous. He is just. You can trust him. I trust in you, O oh Lord. You are my God. Our heart is glad in him because we trust him. You see, when you trust God, there is joy that accompanies that trust. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. I love that verse. If you trust God, if you commit your life to him, your way to him, if you let him run your life, he will act. He takes action. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. What's he trust in? We already read a verse. We trust in him because he won't leave us. Now, look at this verse. Why do we trust in God? Because he loves us so much. I'm going to tell you something. I got three little granddaughters sitting there. They trust their mama and their daddy. Because they know they are loved so much. They do. They know them. I'm telling you, Drew can stick one of those girls up there on a fence or a high place or something. He can back off and say, jump, and they'll jump. Why? They trust him. They trust that he will catch them. Daddy will take care of me. Daddy's not going to let me get hurt here. They trust him. When you know how much God loves you, when you know who he is and you know how much he loves you, you trust him. Trust in his name at all times. Pour out your heart before him. He is a refuge for us. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Oh, we know that, don't we? Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. We sing that song sometimes. God surrounds us. He is with us. He is present. He is active. He is powerful. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Think about what that says. Think about it. Read that again. 
Let's just start with God loves me, right? The next thing, make me know the way I should go. How many times do we find ourselves in life at a crossroads, decisions, we're not sure to go to the right or to the left. We don't know to go this way or that way because the decision is difficult. Maybe it's confusion. Uh, we don't have a clear view of things. Maybe because of everything that's going on in the world, we just we, we can't see what we should do. What do I do? Oh, I wish I could just sit down and have a cup of coffee with Jesus and just ask him, what do I do about this? And he just tells me. The Bible says, make me know the way I should go. Do you know God does that? Do you know God shows you the way? When you're at that crossroads, do you ever ask him? Really? You just ask him. Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. These look like my options. What do you want? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to handle this? On and on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You see, he's the one that knows best. So we need to consult him. We need to ask him. We need to allow him to lead the way. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by its stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back. Okay, you read all this poetic, beautiful language here. Like the tree planted by the water and the beauty of the leaves and all who is not anxious in the year of drought. Drought is one of a tree's worst enemies. We have lived to see, especially, anybody here remember not too, too long ago, too many years ago, we had some, what was it, 44 days straight of over 100, you remember that? We saw trees die. Yeah. We literally saw trees die in the drought. Not a friend of a tree. No drought. But in this analogy, in this illustration that the Holy Spirit uses here, he's basically telling you, listen, when times are tough, Maybe even you feel like all your strength has been sapped out of you. You might even feel like you're dying. When you are hurting more than you ever thought you could possibly hurt. When you're more frustrated and confused and disappointed and heartbroken 
when all those kinds of things happen to you, don't worry. And you say, what? Easy for you to say. No, don't worry. Trust God. Trust in the Lord, even in the time of drought. I'm going to take just a few minutes and talk about something very important, and then I'll be finished. I want to talk to you momentarily about the relationship between trust and love. I've already told you that next week Josh is going to talk about trusting God's word. And the Lord willing, the week after that, I'm going to talk again about trust, but I'm going to talk about what does trust look like? What does trust look like in our life? What's the practical application? What, what does it mean in my world, in your world, in your family, in your job, in your situation? What does trusting God look like? And this is just a little precursor to that. Remember, we can only be loved to the extent that we are known. Isn't it funny how people say, oh, I love everybody. No, you don't. Come on. Well, I guess maybe in some generic, some kind of shallow way, because you're a Christian, you can say, I love everybody. Okay, okay. But look, some guy walking down the street right now that's a total stranger you've never met before, you don't love that guy. If I don't know you, I can't love you. And if we don't know God, we can't love God. I'll say that again. If you don't know God, you can't love God. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God. And we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. You can't be close. Oh, you can be close in proximity. You may be sitting next to someone you don't trust. I don't know. You can be close to them in proximity, but you can't be close to them emotionally if you don't trust them. The more we trust someone, the closer we get to them, and we allow them to get close to us. We, we all know, I think, love is risky. Anytime you put yourself out there to love someone, you're taking the risk that you're going to get hurt. And the bigger your heart is, the more you love, the greater the risk that you're going to get hurt. And the worse it's going to hurt. Really. When you do trust someone with your thoughts, your emotions, behaviors, intimacy grows. This is why we have problems in marriages. When trust is compromised, intimacy vanishes. You know, one of the biggest problems in marriage counseling is a lack of intimacy, a lack of closeness. 
We are built, we are wired, we are made for closeness. And that's who God is. God is wired. He is made for closeness. He desires closeness. He is love, remember? You can love God because he is trustworthy, because you trust him. But when people in a marriage, for example, when people can no longer trust the other person with their heart, when they can no longer trust them with their emotions, then they withdraw. They build walls. They put up barriers. They grow distant. And then one starts blaming the other and vice versa. And then you have a relationship that is deteriorating and you have people on both sides who are hurting. And in many cases, they don't know how to correct it. The answer, my friends, is love. Are you loving well? I want you to ask yourself that question. Do I love my wife well? Am I looking to her best interests? Am I choosing to love her? Not because of the way she's treating me. Not, that has nothing to do with it really. If I am choosing, I'm going to do the right thing because of God. I will love because God is love and God is in me. Think about it. God is love. The Holy Spirit is in you. God is in you. God is love. God is in you. Think of the capabilities. Think of the possibilities. Think of how well you can love. Not because you, because you don't love very well. I don't love very well. But guess who does love very well? It's God. God loves well. Romans 5 verse 5 says, God has given us the Holy Spirit. He has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You have the capacity and the ability to love extremely well because God lives in you. And if you will love well, if you will surrender to God, if you will accept God's love that he's pouring into you, stop resisting, stop being selfish, stop being foolish, love, love. And when you do, trust will build. And relationships get really sweet and wonderful. We'll talk about the practical stuff of that in a couple of weeks. We can trust God because he's trustworthy. He'll never forsake us. He'll never let us down. He'll never disappoint us. God will never violate your trust. Here's what I want to leave with you this morning. Do you trust that God is good.
Do you, do you? Do you trust God is good? Do you trust that God is love? Do you trust that God has your best interest at heart? And do you trust that God loves you? Praise team, won't you please come up, sing our last song. We'll be dismissed. We've had a wonderful day. God bless you. May the Lord be with you. And may you love everybody well this week. Thank you, Terry.